0: I used to be an addict, and it was so hard to heal that for myself. In fact, I didn't think I was going to make it, but I did. And I want to share that with you, I want to share my story with you today, and I want to share with you a really simple formula that I didn't create, I'm just articulating it, that I know you're going to be able to use to heal your addictions. Welcome back to the Divine Love Frequency Podcast, and my name is Alicia Love-Reed. How many of you are just so unhappy? You're so tired of being unhappy. You don't want to suffer anymore. You're just done. Well, surrender. Isn't that what everybody around you is telling you to do? Isn't that what you're reading, what you're hearing? Just do a Google search for suffering and surrender. It's everywhere. But it's not very easy to do, isn't it? There's actually, as I said, there's a a three-step formula that you can practice. And in fact, if you're unhappy and you're suffering and you've reached the end and you want it to be done and you're listening to this now, then you've actually taken these three steps. That's how simple it is. So what are we talking about here? Addictions. What kind of an addiction did I have? Well, I had an addiction to my suffering. It wasn't an addiction to something that felt good. Obviously, suffering does not feel good. But how is that an addiction? Well, just like we can become addicted to substances that make us feel good, it's part of that reward system in the brain, we can become addicted to any substance um, once it becomes a habitual thing. And thoughts, a thought that we think, if we think it often enough, becomes a habitual thought and we create the chemicals associated with our thoughts the brain produces whatever we're thinking about so whether it's a positive thought or a negative thought the body doesn't judge that it just manufactures the chemicals associated with it that's how we hear about people being addicted to drama or being addicted to love they're addicted to the chemical the emotional state associated with with the thoughts that they're having and they're recreating those for themselves. So if we're in a place of constant negativity, thought, belief system, we're going to talk about all of that today, we can become addicted to those chemicals. Um, I talked a little bit about Dr. Joe Dispenza and I'm going to talk about him again today because he describes so perfectly how this actually happens in the body. And I'm going to paraphrase it, but go and seek out his content because he talks brilliantly about this and describes that he's a neuroscientist so he understands the brain perfectly and he talks about how we create our reality um, through our thinking what what it is that we do but again to paraphrase our cells physical cells in our body now we're made up of how many trillions of cells individual cells so some of the cells in our body (laughs) create receptors like little fingers for the chemicals of the emotions that our body, that our brain creates. If you have a habitual thought, you'll habitually create a chemical associated with the thought and the cell creating the receptors for that chemical will make more and crowd out other receptors for other chemicals of thought. Do you follow me so far? So the cell is creating the receptor for that chemical which means that they can receive it and integrate that chemical. So when you stop making that chemical, let's say you shift your thought, you have a different thought, now your brain's making a different chemical, the cell that has more receptors for the, the original chemical associated with the negative thought isn't getting that chemical. So just like a human who's addicted to a drug will ask for more drugs when they don't get them, the cell will ask for more chemical. It will ask the brain to produce that chemical for it or they because it's not just one cell it'll be a collective it creates a cycle in your body essentially the cells that make up your nervous system and your brain are going to work together to continue to create those negative thoughts those negative chemicals and that's why it's so difficult to break habitual negative thought. And we're talking about negative thought here because it's really the, the feeling that we get, right? It doesn't feel good. If it felt if it felt good, we probably wouldn't be having this conversation because we wouldn't want to change those thoughts because we'd be feeling good all the time. But if you're not feeling good all the time, or if you're moving into anxiety all the time, you become chronically uncomfortable. That's our chronic suffering. And we it's so hard to break that because our brains and our bodies, well, the brain is the body, but... I think you understand what I'm trying to say. Your body is in a chronic state. It's creating the cycle for you. And then it becomes very, very difficult to move out of that. So that's suffering. And what is suffering? It's pain, right? So sometimes the pain isn't a thought it's a physical thing sometimes it's due to illness or injury and then you can treat that however you're going to treat it uh, with your doctor sometimes you need surgery or whatever it is that you need to do to alleviate that physical pain but again that physical pain can also be caused by the mental suffering the thought that's happening i've struggled with my own suffering As I mentioned, and everybody has, everybody on this planet has experienced pain of one kind or another. It's part of the human experience. And on this podcast, my goal is to help you through sharing how I decided to end my suffering, to take control of my own experience. Because once I did that, it made me realize that I was responsible for all my own suffering because I'm thinking things, I'm believing things. That took a lot of practice. Of developing self-awareness and consciousness and I had to go right back to my belief system which is where my thoughts come from but so I was causing my own suffering me me the addict and me the drug dealer <laughs> it's the same person you might be familiar with a spiritual teacher by the name of Ram Das uh, he recently passed from this earth He was very well known for his work in the field of compassion, empathy and compassion and compassion in action. And uh, he very famously said, I love this quote of his, he said, pain is in the mind. It's the thoughts of the mind. Then I get rid of the thoughts and I get in my witness, which is down in my spiritual heart. witness that witnesses being then those particular thoughts that are painful love them i love them to death i think that's so beautiful he's talking about empathy and compassion right there uh i can share an example of something that i think pretty much all of us can relate to in terms of how we create our own state of suffering I remember I wanted to create a video for my Instagram account just to say hello to followers and introduce myself and I wanted to start it off by saying, thank you for helping me make this world a better place. I couldn't put that video out because the more I said that statement, I I realized there was so much judgment in it. There was so much, um, it was so heavily weighted. Because that statement, I want making this world a better place, I want to make this world a better place means that there's a duality there. It means that this world is not really in a great place and it needs improving upon. Something's not right. And and why isn't it right? What, what makes me think this world is in a better place? Well, I don't feel that great all the time. Thinking about this world, I, I uh, think of it as a it can be a fearful place. It can be a place where there's so much suffering and so much pain. And now we're dealing with climate change and natural disasters. It just seems like everywhere we look or every you know, we listen to the news and people suffering and the world suffering, just, you know. So who's to blame for that? Because that's not just the earth having her own natural response to whatever her changes are right? We're talking about war. We're talking about gun control. We're talking about school shootings. We're talking about uh, terrorism. Well, who's behind all of those actions? Humans, governments, corporations, the humans running governments and corporations. So my beef in that moment is actually about other humans. I'm judging other people's actions other people's being in the world. So my fear, my experience, my belief that I'm not safe is because of someone else. But is it? Because am I actually unsafe? Am I not secure? Well, right now in this moment, I'm sitting in a very warm room, I'm on a soft surface, I'm speaking into a microphone that I was able to purchase with my own money. I'm communicating my deepest thoughts with you, my new friends. I'm feeling good right now. There's no war around me. I'm well slept. I mean, I can go on and on, but my point is that I'm safe right now. So the belief that I'm not safe and that this world isn't a safe place, if I if I condense it into this one moment, into this one space that I'm in, that statement is no longer true. I like to ask myself if something's true. Actually, uh, there's a brilliant woman by the name of Byron Katie, if you're not familiar with her. She has a, a practice that she calls the work, where she invites you to ask yourself, is that really true? And as you continue to ask yourself, is that true? You can go into all these, you know, this the process of elimination, peeling away the layers until you arrive at, you know, your root statements, whatever that may be, and arrive at your real truth. She really invites you to just ask yourself, is what you're saying and believing actually true? And most of the time you end up at, no, actually it wasn't true. What's really true for me? So, this belief that I'm not safe and that this world isn't a great place isn't actually true and it's not true in this moment and as Ram Das very famously said asked us to be here now the only moment that I have is right now so right now in this moment I'm safe that's kind of a long way of getting to the root of my suffering and transforming that for myself but you can see how um we're kind of all doing that, we're kind of all operating in that place. And that's just one judgment, one place of um, where I go, what I suffer from, this idea that this world isn't a great place to be right now. But I'm doing that with, you know, I could do that with anything. I just ate this meal and now I feel bloated. Um, You know, that person isn't very nice to me. Uh, That person doesn't like me. I mean, there's just all kinds of stuff in there that's so mental, right? so I am causing my own suffering with my own thoughts, which are based on a belief system that I'm having in that moment. My physical discomfort, my pain, my suffering is caused by my mental state. The brilliant thing about my body, by the way, my, the relationship that I have with my body is that I'm not always aware of my mental state, my thoughts, my beliefs and action. My body's going to tell me. My body's going to create a state of physical discomfort if I'm not having a good thought or if I'm in a belief system that's going to cause me discomfort. That's a life tool, my friends, by the way. If you're not already aware of that, if you want to become aware of your own thoughts, check in with your body and your body will tell you. Just like it'll tell you when you're having good thoughts, right? If you believe something good is happening, you're, you're going to feel it. So back to surrender. Obviously, we know it's pretty challenging to change the thought, right? It's pretty challenging to change the emotional state. But we're being told everywhere, all over the place to surrender. It's so trendy. Remember I said, do a Google search for surrender and suffering. It's everywhere. Do you know why it's so hard to surrender to your pain? It's because that surrender, the word surrender, actually means that there is a fight, which means that there's resistance, tension. The Oxford Dictionary defines the word surrender as to cease, to cease resistance to an enemy or an opponent, and to submit to their authority. So let me just go back to that idea that this world is not a good place to be. Whose fault is it when I'm in that belief system that I'm not safe? It's somebody's fault. It's somebody else's fault. It's the government, a corporation, or a terrorist. Person and a situation is causing me pain in that moment. Do I want to submit to that enemy as my authority? Mm, No, no, I don't. Okay, but I've created my own thoughts based on my own belief system. Who am I really at war with? Who am I really fighting with? I'm fighting with myself. Oh, hmm. So, in that case, then, if I'm going to surrender to the enemy, I'm going to be surrendering to myself, to my belief system. Okay, well, that seems a little clearer to me, but I still don't think that surrender is the word that truly applies to the alleviation of my suffering in this moment because there's still a fight going on. I actually have to shift my belief system, I have to do a lot of emotional labor in a moment when I'm suffering because the battle's raging. And I have to submit to the enemy. <laughs> so, okay, when I'm addicted to my no- negative emotions, and it's really hard for me to shift out of that cycle because my brain and my body are running without me, and they're just doing it. We talked about that, the physiology. And, uh, and I, it's really hard for me to shift my state. And the mental labor associated with peeling back back all those layers to try to discover the thought and the belief system and then to remember to do that in those moments when I'm going through a really, really hard time. That's so challenging. Well, what do we do when we have tension in the body? If you've got muscle soreness or your muscles are super tight? Generally, the treatment is to relax and to stretch right? We go to yoga, or we go to a massage, or we try to work on our own, use the rollerball or whatever. We we breathe, we pause, we take a moment. Well, actually, there's something else there that happens before that. And that is the intention to release that tension, to take care of it. There's an element of self-care in there, isn't there, of taking care of the body? And why? Why do we do that? Because we are recognizing that there's pain. We're acknowledging that there's pain and and then we want to do something to fix it. That's the formula that I want to share with you today. It's very simple. So let's go back just quickly to what Ramdas had said about thoughts, because we are dealing with the mental realm here. Although it affects the physical realm, it creates the physical sensation of pain and suffering when we're in that mental state of pain and suffering. And we know that again because the emotions are the physical manifestation of our thoughts, right? So we're feeling it in the body. But we're really starting in the mental realm, so we need that mental formula to do that mental labor. But I promise you, again, it's not hard and it's not intensive. It's uh, it's just like talking to somebody when they're not on the same level as you. Like a child. A child doesn't have the maturity level of an adult. So when an issue arises between the adult and the child, the adult has to get down on the child's level to communicate effectively so the child can understand, right? So what did Ram Dass said? He said, identify the pain and love it and love the thoughts. Love feels pretty good, doesn't it? He was talking about empathy and compassion and compassion and action. And he was giving us the formula, which is a three-step formula. Step one is empathy. Step two is compassion. And Step three is compassion in action. Do you remember at the beginning of this episode when I said you have already done this? Well, I'll explain that to you. Empathy can be defined as the ability to understand and share the feelings of another person. That comes from the Oxford Dictionary again. That can be celebrating with somebody. That can be suffering with somebody. It can be both either. Well, you're suffering, right? You acknowledge this. I mean, you didn't tell me this directly. I didn't hear you say this, but, uh, but we've all experienced the suffering. And if you're here listening to this episode, I'm going to hazard a guess that you've been suffering and you're tired of suffering and you don't want to suffer anymore because it doesn't feel good. Well, that's empathy. You've acknowledged your own suffering because you took the next two steps which was step two, compassion, which is not the same as empathy. They're different. They're related though. Compassion would be to take empathy, that acknowledgement of the feelings, the understanding of the feelings, and now wanting to make a difference, wanting to shift that, change that, wanting to help. You wanted to help yourself. You might not have been aware of it, but you knew that you didn't want to suffer anymore. Isn't that the same thing? If you know you don't want to suffer anymore, that means you want to change it. And then you took the third step, which is compassion and action, which magically happens as soon as you, actually, all of this happens. As soon as you have that empathy piece, the next two steps happen pretty much on their own. But the compassion and action piece right now would have been You looked for something to help you shift your state of suffering. You're listening to this podcast. That's taking an action. So congratulations. You've already accomplished the first three steps. You've already moved into shifting that state for yourself. Compassion in action. I used to have a really hard time empathizing with myself. See, I can't even say it. I was in so much self-judgment until I learned that I was responsible for my world and I needed to have empathy for myself and compassion. And so in the beginning stages of my self-awareness leading into taking responsibility for my inner world, my beliefs and thoughts, my emotional state, I created an affirmation for myself. And it helped me. It helped me to, to do this work with myself so I'll share it with you because I'd, I'd like to I'd start by taking a really deep breath in and a deep breath out I knew that I had to create the space in my brain to make the chemicals that would calm me down and even taking those deep breaths by the way helps your brain to start to create those chemicals. Your brain and your nervous system will respond to that. And then I would say this. I am free from fear. I am free from pain. I am free from suffering. I am filled with love. I am filled with joy. I am filled with peace. <sighs> Even just saying that to myself helps my body. My body takes a deep breath. It's involuntary. My brain's responding. My body's responding. How do you hear when you feel that? Do you, do you, does it do anything for you? A little bit of relief? I used to use that affirmation with my daughter when she was small and she'd feel anxious. Only I'd turn it into a you statement. So you are free from pain. You are free from suffering. And she loved it. I use the you. I think sometimes hearing somebody tell, I don't believe in you statements as we call them. I don't like to tell people who they are or what they are or what they've done but sometimes when i'm not feeling great it's helpful for me if i hear somebody tell me something like you you are this alicia you are love you are light some validation kind of from the outside so i've actually recorded that for you it's on my website but i i do use the word you or you are instead of i am if you'd like to listen to it again you can it's there for you for free But there you are. There's an easy mental formula to give yourself the space to help you shift from suffering into well-being. Your brain is going to do that for you and with you. And the more that you practice that, the empathy and then compassion and compassion and action, which will follow magically, don't even have to do anything really. I mean, you don't have to exert yourself. No tension, no resistance the more you'll maintain those pathways in your brain, which, by the way, are already there. That pathway for empathy, you're born with it. We're all born with it. It's We're hardwired. We're ready to go. And you'll cement those pathways, which means it'll be easier for you to naturally move into empathy and then compassion. Your cells will build those receptors. And when you're not creating those chemicals, your cells will tell your brain they want those chemicals back and you'll move back into that. Do you want to know something kind of cool? I have moments all the time when all of a sudden out of the blue, I have a surge of happiness or love. It's like a happiness attack. I used to have panic attacks, so this is pretty amazing for me personally to experience. Well, that's my cells telling my brain to hit them with happy juice and my brain's responding. It's so magical. That's actually a miracle, really. Have you seen people on the street break out and in- to uh, spontaneous smiles or laughter, you've seen people like that, right? And they seem crazy. They're not crazy. They're doing what they're supposed to do. They've cracked that happiness code. We're just we've just programmed ourselves to be judgmental and negative. So there you go. My gift to you today. What happens though, if you're not there yet, or if that's not your normal or your new belief system, if it's really hard for you to get there, well, I want to share one last thing with you. I've shared with you that I'm a channel. That's where the material that I share with you on Instagram and my website comes from, from source. It comes to me during times when I'm challenged. Actually, it comes to me all the time. But um, when I consciously move into needing answers, uh, I'll I'll move into my space and I'll receive. And at one point in my life, I experienced um, judgment of myself because I'd forgotten to practice. And so I asked my source what to do now, because I'd forgotten. And I want to share with you what I received, and it's this. So you have forgotten your practice, and now you feel frustrated with self, thinking you have not become changed for good, evolved, advanced. You blame self for having indulged in the illusions of life on earth instead of choosing to remain in advancement, my child. Advancement does not occur as a linear thing. Advancement oscillates. As you move upward, you also move backward and side to side, recreating yourself in all aspects. You have not forgotten your practice. You are your practice. You are advancing no matter how many times you forget. I cried when I heard that. I felt so much love and acceptance. There was no judgment in that place. I received empathy. So perhaps we can start there. Instead of surrendering to the enemy, you, judging yourself as the enemy, perhaps we can love whatever's going on for us inside. And from there, we'll be able to shift into something that feels better and eventually feels good and eventually becomes our normal state. I hope what I've shared with you today might bring you some relief, and I hope if it does that you might practice it more so that it can become something that's habitual, and you might become addicted to that. I look forward to the next time we connect. Until then, I wish you well. Namaste.